mission you die if we find out any information you give us is false you die if we find out you have personalized license plates you die what no if you cough without covering your mouth Harley. although that isn't an open invitation for you to cough without covering your mouth what's the plan what the hell am i supposed to know you're the leader you're supposed to be decisive and i've decided that you should eat a big bag of dicks if this whole beach was completely covered in dicks, if somebody said I'd eat every dick until the beach was clean for liberty, I would say no problem. Why would someone put penises all over the beach? Who knows why madmen do what they do? This is suicide. Well, that's kind of our thing. I'm going to get you out of here alone. Oh my god, we've got a freaking kaiju up in this shit! Uh huh. I don't want- 
angels are splooching all over us. Right. Relatively decent preview, actually, and maybe the only allowable use of a Steely Dan song in a preview, for my taste. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and they also uh, allowed them to say fuck in the trailer, which is kind of uh, impressive. Yeah, yeah, well, they got this thing called the Red Band trailer. Yeah, Red that Band. Was, uh, where, where they get to show, like, all the gore, violence, and bad language. Uh, yeah. To make it work, you know. I, AKA I like the good stuff, right? Yeah. yeah. The good yeah. stuff. Everyone's talking about it. Honestly, the Red Band trailers are usually the best because it gives you a better flavor of what you're going to get. Yeah, especially for like, you know, one of the few rated R superhero or supervillain, you know, whatever DC comic, or, yeah, comic book movies that they've been allowed to make, right? Like there haven't really been that many of them. They kind of go for the PG-13 whenever they can because you know, Deadpool kind of kicked that open. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, which is Deadpool. weird. What was what was uh, Logan? Do you guys recall? Logan well, Deadpool, be, yeah, Deadpool begat Logan. Basically, as we, yeah. as weird as that seems, like it was okay to make like what was Logan because of Deadpool, but not because they're similar movies, but just like the idea of making these comic movies for adults. And Birds of Prey was rated R, which which is also weird because like uh, if you go back, uh, three hundred Blade and uh uh the crow were all rated r yeah but that's before anybody knew what they were doing or that you could make money on this crap yeah <laughs> true that yeah i mean is it wasn't blade really the like first marvel comic book movie well the first isn't that one. right <laughs> i mean like <laughs> yeah if you're I not mean, counting like, that i guess spider-man movies were before that i don't know no. were they no, but yeah, I should have done more 90s, research right? into comic book films before I came on here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, you're good. You good? You got you got me. This, this is a wild anomaly. Yeah, Andy Andy is stoked in his way. Christina's stoked in her way, and I'm stoked in my way. And Forrest is not stoked at all. And we also no, have I, I, I liked it. I liked it. All right. No, you loved it. No, no, but this, you were this right. Is, I'm talking about the general that, comic book movie discussion. Yeah. And, and I was to, afraid to that I was going to put um, bombs in each of your guys' head, and then if we got two off topic. Wait, I thought, wait, just... am I the only one with the bomb? Like, what the? I <laughs> yeah, guess you yeah. had to detonate it for uh, the other guest. If you read the poster, <laughs> yeah, the other guest went off. Uh, we didn't come on. <laughs> The yeah, other guests well, are basically. Well, he got uh, off topic uh, way beforehand. So I, the, Mike, the Michael the Rooker character in the opening. <laughs> Yeah, he like basically gives. He's like, "Yo, I'm out," and then like, "Yeah, we're gonna blow you up," and then they blow. Up. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Like, that was hard. It was hard to watch. It's like kind of heartbreaking because you kind of get invested in him in him within that like eight minute space, yeah. and you're like, "Oh, it's Michael Rooker, who yeah. I like as an actor tremendously." Oh, like, absolutely. And then yeah. he rescued he rescued Weasel. You know, even though Weasel right. had drowned at that point, but even but though like, in the very first scene that you was see his redemption, him, we you see him totally for no reason whatsoever kill, kill that bird. bird. Yeah. in the most like stylish way possible but like you get to the point of like oh come on man no no pay it. and then you're like wait why am i rooting for this guy he's a dick are we supposed to root for people in this film i thought that was i was rooting for i was rooting for the the, the president that uh harley quinn ends up uh almost marrying and then killing because i was like yeah take down america take down the american <laughs> empire and you know she's literally have... i mean here's the thing about harley quinn she voted for bernie <laughs> she did. She made that in Birds of Prey to piss off Roman Sionis. So, like, when people call her some like leftist, anti, like U.S. imperialist type of person, she's like, "Oh, I have no idea what that means, but cool." I, I do want to say this: I'm rooting for introductions. Okay, well, <laughs> well, this is movie night extravaganza. I am, of course, Forrest Miller. I'm here to, you know, I'm here to keep the peace at any cost. 
uh, no matter how many of you I have to kill to do it. And uh, <laughs> I'm joined by Jay Underworld, comic book enthusiast, uh, illustrator, uh, artist, you know, the works. What's going Co- comic on? Comic book professional, you might want to say. I was going to say comic book enthusiast is kind of. That, that's right. like a downgrade, man. Why, why did you downgrade me on the side? It's followed Like up I'm by a rock artists. and roll enthusiast, right? I, I mean, you know, it's like, well, that's true, yeah. but like, I also play right rock next and roll. to me, right here, is is an uh, issue of uh, H. Uh, you know, 100% comics. I, which I has said artwork as a comic book finally. Artist <laughs> illustrator. Yeah, artist but artist. I illustrate other things too, like you know, book covers and shit, album covers and shit like that. Okay, well, comic book <laughs> professional. <laughs> We're off to a fantastic start. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> Also we haven't gotten the introductions yet. Also joined by rock and roll enthusiast Conan Neutron. Rock and roll uh, <laughs> Host of Britannic Reversal and the lead of Conan Neutron and the Secret Friends. A new uh, music video just dropped. Tell us about it. Yeah, Dark Passengers. Uh, Erica Strout, uh, frequent featured guest on this show, actually uh, did uh, the creative direction and editing for it. And uh, it's premiered on Scene Point Blank earlier this week. So, yeah, I think we might even play it later on. Maybe we should throw it in the comments or something. Else. Yeah, and it yeah. is beautiful too, people. Just just let me tell you, it is gorgeous. I'll, I'll probably play it at the end of the show too to close this out. Um, Despite it starring me, I would agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> also joined by Christina Oaks. I'm Christina on Twitch. Dressed as Harley Quinn. This is the moment she's been waiting for. She's been begging for this to happen for uh, a long time. And I said, no yes, comment. movies. <laughs> I'm I'm so excited for our friend Christina. Yeah. This this is admit it, you guys were turned on by this. <laughs> How am I supposed to react to that? <laughs> you react by saying you, what I what I cosplay as Harley is exhausting, but something just comes over me. Yeah. You react by saying, I'm a married man, ma'am. Yeah, <laughs> Adam, how dare you? <laughs> and of course, exactly. we're joined by Mike from PA. Uh, Central Committee is his Twitch account. Frequent Majority Report caller, and and you worked for them for a little bit too, right? Like, and yeah, I was a producer on Majority Report. Uh, also, you know, in real politics, uh, ran for the House in 2014, and uh, have been, worked for Committee of Urban Affairs, and was in uh, real politics for a while, and then. Uh, Decided to start a uh, Twitch stream in uh, August of 2019, and uh, a couple months later, we had the pandemic, and suddenly it blew up to a massively more lucrative than any, uh, you know, than being a congressman. So I guess I've been doing Twitch ever since. Um, <laughs> I and, think the uh, worst time to do it. <laughs> yeah, you know, I've just been very fortunate, and uh, I think uh, uh, people, if you're on Twitch politics, you've probably seen me in some capacity before, so... I'm just happy to uh, come on and talk about uh, the Suicide Squad. That's good to have you, man. Thanks for coming on. Is uh, is this your was this your first time watching it, or? Uh, I actually saw it on a plane. <laughs> that is actually like, yeah, that works. That, that's, yeah, that's as much as I think it works great on a big screen. This is a great like. I watched it on a plane and I feel really good about my decision. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, or paranoid uh, that the government's going to take down your plane. uh, (laughs) Well, you know, uh, 
As soon as you get at a certain level of uh, populist leftist, then your plane will spontaneously explode. That's true. Um, so... down. Right. <laughs> getting on, well, a, getting just, on yeah. a plane with a uh, with a Jimmy Dore 24 sticker. <laughs> well, then I would be safe. I mean, obviously, that's a, you know, operation of the FBI, so I'd be perfectly fine. <laughs> I saw it in theaters when it first came out, obviously, and I dressed up and everyone was like, oh, my God. I'm shocked at all of the things you just said. <laughs> <laughs> that, that my Jimmy Dore joke just made me think of a version of this movie that's all of those like dumb, dumb left streamers, but they're the Suicide Squad and they send them into like. <laughs> what are they trying to have them do? Buy a hot dog at a convenience store? Like what level <laughs> yeah, of like? They're trying, trying to have them all, yeah. They're trying to have them all get people really disinvested in like uh, you know left political movements. So they like there send them into like like Peru or something to <laughs> to try to convince people not to not to vote. Yeah. For it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Anything above shoe tying, I think, might be too much of an ask. But yeah, I was there. I was pushing and pushing and pushing Forrest to watch this because he was like, I don't think I'm gonna like this. But me and Conan and Andy were like, dude, it's about like taking down Western like imperialism. You'll love it. And, and it's the bleakest of black comedies too. That's yes. the other thing is whether you whether the jokes all land with you or not, dude. They flat out slaughter like a village of revolutionaries by accident. Yeah. Yeah, and that's amazing. Like, cause it's you're which, like, which kind of is. I mean, there's a there's a very there's a stereotype of both Americans in the military and U.S. foreign policy, which is just the shoot first, ask questions later kind of thing. Yeah, and, actually, the phenomenon is called uh, blue on green, basically in the military, which is where oh, you yeah. know American forces just uh, uh, kill wantonly uh, allied forces, um, and uh, you know. And, you know, we have blue on blue, which is where we kill our own uh, uh, troops with our, like, incompetence. And so, you know, this was just, it just felt like, yeah, this is an American military unit. They've been practicing. Um, so, yeah, yeah, yeah it, that's what I, I have a lot of thoughts about the film, you know, if we want to jump into it uh, right off the bat. But no, let's I talk think, about pure nonsense for another yeah, 45 minutes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm a very straightforward person, you know. I felt like this is the be beginning of the type of film that America needs, but it's nowhere near far enough. You know, I've thought about the tradition of mm. films made after the Vietnam War, and then this is our kind of like modern equivalent of a deer hunter or something, and it's yeah. very sorely, sorely lacking from that perspective, from my view. Yeah, it's like I mean, the gateway drug. Right? We've kind of covered some <laughs> of the, uh, so. the the 80s Contra uh, type movies of, of that ilk, like uh, Walker, for example. Uh, sure. Go back to, to our archives, uh, and I mean, he got he got black like that was a signal, you know what I mean? Like uh, Alex Cox getting completely blacklisted from from Hollywood at least um, is was kind of a sign that like no, you can't make this kind of movie. Like you can't you can't use fucking Sandinista money to make this kind of movie. <laughs> Sandinistas, yeah. Which which is the other thing too is as Forrest got really excited anytime any Sandinistas were mentioned in like uh. What was it? Tape heads, I think it was, was like mentioned one scene and, and you, you spent like 20 minutes talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like me. And, and I'm just like, like, you need to see Suicide Squad, just the Suicide Squad, just for that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We're also going to be talking about what, why this movie is way better than the first one. Because I know people, I know people who are like, no, Suicide Squad is actually way better, more cohesive, a better plot, better cast than the Suicide Squad. And I'm like, tell me the plot to Suicide Squad. Yeah, who hurt you? Yeah. They can't, like, they can't tell me what the plot is. I don't know what the fucking plot is. I mean, Star of the Conqueror is a way better villain and has a reason for why it's doing what it's doing than Enchantress. 
Aren't gonna be right. What do you what do you think about the fact that the uh and and I want to get back to Mike's comments in a second because I, I want to expand on that a little bit. But just Christina, what do you think about the idea that kind of in the first scene they kind of kill off, you know, the the remaining characters from the original movie to kind of I guess yeah. show you like not just obviously this is a depraved uh intelligence institution that's literally There's just ready just to one. you know they they kill off one of the original characters. But they've well, had like, the idea is that there's been re replacements of the rest of the team, and it's kind of like a, a uh, um, Saving Private Ryan kind of situation. Yeah, right? but it all happens at the beginning. You're like, whoa, okay, this is what we're doing. Okay, yeah. Well, I mean, I guess it's one, of, but like, but Harley Quinn is from the first one. Obviously, she doesn't die, but she's like the exception, so that they can keep. They she can, has the you know. power of luck. She's like Domino. Like seriously, like she just. She gets herself in these situations and she goes, like Castro. Oh, I'll, I'll wing She's it. Like Castro she... in that. <laughs> Castro or Domino, yeah. either one. You know. Yeah. yeah. But like, <laughs> you, you know, comic no. book reference or just a weird note. Of that. No. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So here's the thing. When I saw the first Suicide Squad movie, everyone was already on their cell phones after the first needle drop. But this film, people were more like engaged, reacting, you know, hooting, hollering, like gasping, like more. Like what and I that's just expect. when Christina walked in. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> well, I, I think that, this... that was true though, because the lights were still on. Everyone was like, <laughs> I know even people that are critics of this film are very quick to say that the, the intro is very good. Like it establishes stakes early on. It, it kind of shows you everything and yeah. doesn't bother telling you everything, which is yeah. like the opposite of like those horrendous Star Wars prequels, you know, where they're telling you constantly what to feel or whatever. Or and, the previous uh, Suicide Squad movie. Yeah. Sure. Uh, but like, you don't have to know anything about any of the characters to, to, yeah. to be dropped into this. Because they're literally dropped into this. One of my favorite moments, which is anyone... Does anyone know if Weasel can swim? Because he's yeah. dropping right. right. And it's yeah. just like, holy crap. <laughs> but that's how little that they are regarded as criminals, right? They're yeah. considered expendable. You know, you, mm -hmm. it's too bad that, you know, the expendables kind of ruined that title. But like, they are, you know, it's sort of like, hey, if somebody gets murked in the course of this mission, great. You know, yeah. no big deal. Yeah, and they kind of highlight it in other conversations, right? Like the how cheap kind of human life is, and how cheap um, they were betting on them. Yeah, yeah, which, which makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, like you know, I, I guess I guess I have more experience with like you know the way the culture of the U.S. military operates, and uh, you know, just to draw attention to people, you know, like the original big uh, release from WikiLeaks of collateral murder, like. Anytime you see kind of gun camera footage or American troops discussing like people that they have a quantitative advantage over who are not really like a threat, that's how they, you know, that's the type of culture that they have for taking human life, which is it's like comical, it's funny, uh, you know, look at them run, that kind of thing. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, and you and literally so, have you literally have things like uh, the drone operators who you know are literally exactly. murdering people, but in their heads they're like. Uh, they're like, well, I told myself it's like a video game and I'm just really good at a video game. And it's like, people fucking die, dude. Like, what the fuck? I can give you a personal anecdote with this. A guy I used to work with was deployed in Iraq as a sniper. And he had a bunch of video. I don't, I don't think he's supposed to have this of like some of his missions. And he was like, oh, check this out. It's hilarious. And I was like, whoa, dude. Okay, That's this is not... not <laughs> like I think we have a different sense of humor about things. Like he was a, other other than the fact that he was a trained killer, really nice guy. But like he thought it was hilarious, and I was like, "This is wait, but this is you like sniping people? No, I don't want to see this. No, no. I don't. I'm not interested in that." 
I did get yeah, a Saddam and, buck out of it, though. I will say that. And that, and you know, that that also, you know, there's been a major scandal in you know Australia with their special forces. I mean, we just had that huge thing when when Trump was president, and he went and basically pardoned all these uh, special forces operators who had just like one had like stabbed a 15 year old uh, a detainee to death with a knife um and like you know texted that around to his friends like look how badass this is uh i got my knife wet uh and you know killing people killing children killing you know civilians walking and stuff like that and so that is the culture of the american like special forces is this kind of like lawless brigade in american culture though you know they have been you know they're the best of the best as opposed to what they are which is like the gangster vision of the american political class that goes around and does stuff that we can't admit like the purpose of the special forces is to commit crimes to do things that are not legal uh and you know suicide squad it kind of felt like the first time that for me it still felt way whitewashed you know as they were doing that i was like this is what what i know happens in reality is way darker than this um so, right, but, but the idea isn't nice to make to the darkest that. movie possible, though. The, the idea right, is sort exactly. of like to make it fun, right? Make it fun, but also right. be like, whoa, that's jacked up. That's the kind of thing that's interesting about the... That's the thing about the film that's kind of a contradiction is it's like, hey, you know, we're going to... The CIA is actively allowing these civilians... You know, they kill all those rebels, right? And they kind of laugh about it and move on. And then, you know, the person who was their leader just kind of forgets all the people they've been fighting with and becomes their friend. <laughs> you know that that's the kind of like thing about these kind of movies is it's always always strikes me uh uh how inhuman everybody is yeah but i mean i i think that that almost maybe not accurate i'm sure she would be way more uh, upset about it and like distressed but i do make it clear like the other the government forces right right now in uh cordo maltese you know like had massacred her whole family so she's like you know they do it they do explain it away that way and i think that um, I think in these situations where people are, are in like rebel, rebel, I guess, uh, you know, rebel alliances or whatever, you really do have to think that way um, in, in some cases because, you know, like people are just fighting each other and you have to make these quick alliances with people you really don't trust, with people that you know have done absolutely horrific things. Um, you know, U.S. government assistance is the only thing that would like probably have ended up with this uh, coup getting overthrown. Like, I, I think that the the absurdity of and the hostility of the situation in this movie is good. I do agree that it could have gone farther, but it's also like a mainstream like Warner Brothers. Of course, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's a product. It's yeah. I mean, they let yeah. they let James Gunn get away with so much, like actually yeah. having like creative say in like what goes on in the film and allowing Mark Robbie to like wear an outfit that isn't revealing. Like stuff like that. That's stuff that we care about, I guess. But like, <laughs> yeah, well, I, mean, yeah. I mean, James Gunn is a, is a weird person to say he's a feminist, uh, especially with his history. Yeah. But like, yeah. you know, he, from he the films, of, by the way, look it up. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But 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 uh, I mean, like, like he's had he's had a he, he certainly has had a redemption arc. Yeah, uh, you, you could say uh, you can about, trust him with with comic films, and you can trust well, him being you know. Uh, good with women you know as yeah, opposed to right. other directors like you yeah. know uh i mean i, I shall never not be heard... named yeah yeah yes. we're, we're just not gonna list them um <laughs> who, who did work, who did work oh, within the, yeah who did work within the dc universe yeah. <laughs> well and, and then also like, let's, not, let's, let's yeah. not forget too that one of the reasons why he ended up 
helming the Suicide Squad and and saving it and making, quite frankly, I feel like one of the only really good DC movies is yeah. because somebody attempted to cancel him by going back to his old sort of like edgelordy tweets and stuff yeah. when he was doing all the trauma stuff, taking it out of context and just just trying to get him, you know, fired off of Guardians, which actually did happen for a while. And then this was a huge success. And of course, you know, Marvel slash Disney saw the money and they put him back on it. But, but like, they, yeah. they also saw that, you know, like, oh, no, this was part of his, his you know, that, that redemption. Yeah, he thing. actually grew. So that's a, so, and that's what, and I really, really don't want to turn this in conversation about cancel culture, but he actually has an honest to goodness redemption arc, which happens so little. Like, like Louis is out there winning awards and like, what's his redemption arc? He just like waited around long enough that people moved on to other stuff. All right. Yeah, but like, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I, okay. you know, I, I don't think there's very many true examples of someone being canceled for something like the, you know, for bad tweets. Uh, well, he was literally removed from like not, not, not celebrities, not we should one, say. But... I mean, yeah, I yeah, it's very, it's rare. very rare will, to actually see that happen. Warner Brothers has done more for to Johnny Depp than Ezra Miller, and right. that Flash movie is going to be in the vault at this point. It ain't yeah. happening. It ain't coming out. <laughs> Maybe Ezra Miller is basically being accused of crimes, though, right? Like kidnapping and stuff. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's a there's a there's a big difference Are between. Uh... <laughs> yeah, isn't he? That's what I thought. Yeah. No, I don't know. I'm, I'm not. No, I, no, no. It isn't seeing the stuff that he's being accused of. Uh, I don't and know. They, they can't catch wait, him. Wait. That's the thing because he's so. Who was the guy? Who was the he's guy so fast, that yeah. Uh, yeah. the yeah. 21 <laughs> Jump Street remake where the guy like what was like an aspiring cannibal remember who, who, who that guy do you remember do you remember this Am I uh, remember yeah this? yeah there was um uh uh army hammer yeah yeah he yeah. he, yeah, he yeah, wasn't yeah. a cannibal but he wanted to be one and like talked about cannibal fantasies and stuff and i'm like whoa you would not think that looking at that dude but yeah yeah i thought that looking at that dude i saw that really? dude yeah. i was like I don't fucking trust Army Hammer. Why did the cast played, Batman he played, if he was he lived, uh, in in Sorry to Bother You way too well? That's true, he did. Sorry to Is Bother You, by the way. George amazing. Miller cast him as Batman. But uh, so I this, took us this, off topic. This, Sorry, uncharacteristic so of me. what um, Mike was talking about, though, because uh, like this kind of gateway almost into better better movies, right? Like smarter mainstream movies. I, I don't know how far you can really uh, take that in terms amazing. of like a, a suit like superhero movies right like because they have to appeal to such a wide variety of, of people and i think this movie does that really well i agree that i don't think that it you know i would like this isn't the movie that i would make in terms of how far it goes but i also think that you know somebody like james gunn probably understands like the peacemaker series right had a lot more uh in inherently political um stuff in it and i didn't other crisis. stuff too <laughs> But like, including great music, by the way, that the music direction oh yeah. of that show was astounding. And that, that dance number at the beginning is just phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. But we're yeah. not talking about that. We're talking about this. And and, and again, I, I fully back this movie as like a gateway drug for that kind of thing, while additionally being a deeply entertaining dark comedy, which we just don't get anymore. Everything is like self aware, but it, we don't get very many dark comedies that are huge hits these days. Yeah. 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 I mean. I think there's this kind of like fake irony is the is the like the yeah. or or this uh uh sarcasm uh as a substitute for you know actual jokes um is is the is the content of most of these movies now and you're right also like I heard this phrase recently uh and you'll forgive me but it's something like to the effect of everyone's sexy but no one has any kind of sex there's yeah. no real yeah. like uh 
like emotional or physical chemistry anymore. It's like very uh, like uh, as far as I'm concerned, like, for example, Captain America was like a virgin for the entire time. His character is like on film until he literally quits the Avengers to go back in time to get a date. Like that is uh, the that only thing I'll say about be. Captain America is he is from like you know World War Two era. Like, but yeah, I they get were it. fucking left and right. <laughs> they yeah, were having yeah, to but... put. They had to put out like PSAs about prophylactic. They handed out prophylactics. You know, and, and by the way, Stan like... Lee. Uh, fun fact: Stan Lee was actually making uh, posters during World War Two uh, when he was drafted uh, to to raise awareness about uh, VD. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's Excelsior. funny. People look back on people look back, and and it, our society is, be, you know, they had pinups and stuff. Our society is becoming not saying that that is necessarily good. They would paint the them society, on the planes too, which is hilarious. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, they had that kind of the nose art and all that kind of stuff. Um, I, you Jeff, know, our society is becoming more like, like more, more like. Pure it's like a Disney theme park, you know, even adult content is becoming more similar to like something that you would take a, a child to. Uh, but the violence gets ramped up, but other aspects of human experience get yeah. ramped down. And it's like, you know, kind of the way our, our culture is going. I, I would I think it's kind of like the development of a culture that is like fascist. And it's like assumptions and the way, you know, we talk about ourselves and the stories we tell. I think the superhero genre in itself is kind of like building up that kind of fascist culture um, that America seems to be gleefully, you know, descending into. Maybe yeah, I don't think it was doing that during you, like, but <laughs> well, I mean, you don't think it was doing that during like the action movie era too? I mean, like some of those, you know, like it's it's when people get on rants about superhero movies being like the be all end all of cinema and the and, and culture and, and whatnot. Look, they've always had this like statist propaganda films like what the fuck do you think top gun is oh god that's I mean, a great example a cracker, of, right everyone's like Woohoo! Well, well top gun is top gun is is, like, is interesting because uh you know it was propaganda. it had it it was obviously propaganda clearly one of the most <laughs> successful films and i think a lot of our films have like gone off of that have a have a genealogy that starts with top gun and how you know hollywood and the dod have gotten more and more integrated and you know if you want to make a film you want to make one that is at least neutral toward the U.S. military, so that you can get their aid, like their literal financial support. And we're, and we're also we're also kind of in a in a period of time where uh, films are kind of done by committee a lot a lot of times more than they are kind of just written by one person because we went through that long, product, not yeah. a, not an art piece. And yeah. and you know characters are added in just to sell action figures or you know because they're oh, good yes. good. What like good model like good whatever like uh you know there's all of these things there's I feel like there's a lot of times I mean movies are literally directed so that are literally changed so that you know they can pass through censors in all these different countries like the globalization of oh yeah uh, culture is kind of uh insane because you realize you're not just marketing films for like these kinds of films right like for American audiences it's also for Chinese audiences it's also for audiences you know like all over the world that are going to have different recommendations for stuff and it kind of i think i think globalization ruins con like like the quality of culture like not all but like just in this sense like it certainly makes it more homogenized for sure yeah well, no and i think that's a really good point that's a really good point uh you know just like the morality level goes to the most restrictive so like yeah. for example on twitch is a great example on twitch you know there's no it's We're almost PG, right it's pg-13 <laughs> you know they 
everything is you know you can't you can't show like news clips that show a body in them or something like you couldn't watch cnn you show bodily fluids you know you can't show blood or things like that and it's like you know let alone kind of more adult themes or or you know women have these extensive regulations on exactly what attire they can and cannot wear you know you can't show female presenting nipples as an example and it's you know, it doesn't. You can't set your channel to be an adult-only channel and have you know more adult themes. That's not permitted, and so we have that kind of homogenization of culture at a very like puritanical level as like the baseline. And you know, people think these platforms are democratizing, but in fact, they have these like strict content controls that are you know kind of baked into everything that we make. And if you go outside of the lines, you will get removed. You will get banned. You will be kicked off these platforms. Yeah. And and it feels like as they ramp up, like a lot of uh, anti-hate stuff online, like it, it, it ends up being that things are restricted that shouldn't be. And they don't do anything about like the hate problem that they're, you know what I mean? Like uh, wanting to kind of fight. So like it's, it's a double-edged sword of like, oh, well, then we're going to make this platform so much more restrictive. And also we're still not going to actually target any of the stuff that this is supposed to be fixing. <laughs> Right. right yeah like sort of like a, a assumption sex you know like sexist assumptions or bigoted assumptions are kind of like allowed to exist as long as you use the right euphemistic language but uh uh if you ha show somebody who is like uh, uh uh you know if you show content that is more oriented towards adults that's not going to be allowed i mean I, I heard they just for example that youtube just took down a video from january 6th committee i'd put on youtube because it had quoted like you know Donald Trump uh, or that, something, yeah. oh, and it yeah. was well, like conspiracy when, theory you know, covered, crap. When we covered getting rid of the, it, automatically took down the Congress's yeah. video proving he committed crimes yeah. because it included election misinformation, and it's like that's how ineffective that's these, the, the, the censoring in. is. Yeah, <laughs> that's the world we live in. It's on, insane. On, it's, on it's, January it's, on January sixth itself, uh, I live streamed with with Ben Burgess, uh, Varn. Uh, Gene, we we live streamed for three hours the entire mm -hmm. like storming of the Capitol. We were like watching news clips and stuff, talking about it. The video got taken down, and w we were never able to put it back up because they said, "Oh, sorry, you're not allowed to talk about uh, QAnon in January 6th, Even though the entire video was based around debunking stuff that they were saying at G yeah. on January, 6th. which we were also supposed to be doing an episode on Mean Streets that night. Yeah, and I remember working really hard on that poster. <laughs> Well, we did it like a week later, but yeah, uh, yeah. we have a comment. This is Mike. I want to hear your thoughts on the big Sharky boy. Yes, let's talk about the yes. characters. Yeah, let's get back to the movie. The Sorry for rambling yeah. about other topics. Yeah. That not <laughs> yeah, this is we do an after party, and that's basically all it is. So if you mm -hmm. want to hang out for that, believe me, you're more than welcome. Uh, yeah, oh, and, I mean, and they, they want to hear about oh, uh, Weasel too. Yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, I, I mean, the characters. I the one thing I do appreciate about this film is it's more like the superheroes or the villains are more varied than like marvel content like most marvel villains are just guys in various costumes yes and and this actually has like weird looking like, weird looking <laughs> like are they human like you know like weasel is that a human like what is that the shark what kind boy, of dog what is, is this what, you know, what kind of dog is that exactly <laughs> which i mean to be, to be fair though the comics which is at least opposite, fun but let's say again <laughs> the comics are actually the opposite like the marvel comics are a lot yeah. more interesting than the DC comics because the yeah, DC agreed. comics are, are like, you know, everything's kind of homogenized the same. Um, mm -hmm. You know, uh, they, they, they actually had like a lot of um, uh, like, like the same six creators make everything. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but that that's a whole other thing. Well, Infinity Infinity Gauntlet, the the comic version of it, they uh they use the X Men literally just like they do the the first team in this movie as a distraction that Thanos turned around and then crushed so that yeah. they could sneak up from behind yeah. him, which was kind of an incredible moment. Did you uh, did you guys know that in the original draft, Ratcatcher Two was supposed to die and not Polka Dot Man? Really? That's yeah. that's a very different film. Also, <laughs> knowing how Polka Dot Man is in the comics, his in the comics he's actually more evil. Like his yeah. polka dots become weapons, but in the movie they made him silly and just throw polka dots at people, which would seem you know more funny, I guess. But I was like, wait a minute, because I really did not know he existed. I'm like, there's no such thing as a polka dot man villain. They just made that for the movie. And then I looked it up. I was like, oh shit. But his powers are even like more badass in the comics. Yeah. But he has mommy issues, and that's what like makes that again. Yeah. You want to watch it? Want to watch a clip of James Gunn talking about polka, polka dot man? I would love that for us. Yes. Right. And we should we should talk while he does that because apparently it's not ready. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it's interesting that you say that about the, the distinction between DC and Marvel is like DC has those like, like kind of when 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 comics first came out, you have like Superman. He's yeah. just man, but he's super. And well, Bat- I, he's I a mean, man. He's Batman. Right. He wears a costume. I pull up by blood sport. Honestly, though, I'd like to see uh, average man. Where's average man? That's Spider Man. Spider Man has problems. Like his his yeah. boss is an asshole. He can't make his rent. His his grandma's sick. He's, he's poor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like he's constantly having women problems. Like that's when the reason that was the big thing yeah. Marvel did is like these are people with problems. This isn't just like you know as good as as look. This is a different conversation. Let's watch this clip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Incredible collection of DC characters here. Oddballs, you might say. What were the ones that nearly made it that you considered but were like, mm, maybe not, like Crazy Quilt or Clock King? Yeah, no, I think that I settled on Polka Dot Man for that sort of slot pretty early. I'm a superhero! And Javelin, you know, who's pretty useless. So I settled on some of them early, but, you know, listen, I thought about using Man Bat. I thought about using Gunhawk. I thought about using... Oh boy, uh, just condiment king. No, now you know here's the difference. Like Polka Dot Man was a sincere character. Like Polka Dot Man came out, and people, somebody was writing Polka Dot Man, and I wish I could remember the creator's name. And they're like, "This is a new Batman villain that we're creating, named Polka Dot Man," and he was sincerely created. Condiment King is a joke. Like they created him <laughs> as a joke. And he was like, oh, here's a stupid character. Whereas I don't care about kind of making, but Polka Dot Man, he is what he is in the movie, which is he he went and he got his suit made. And he's like, I'm going to be a superhero named Polka Dot Man. That's how he started out. Like he thought this is cool. Nobody's a Polka Dot guy yet. And so I'm going to be that guy. And then he goes out and people are like, you look like an idiot. It's embarrassing. But nobody's going to do that. And that what makes him him. That's part of who he is. You're so right. I've missed that. It's just suicide. Well, that's kind of our thing. That's great. What are you, some kind of the Suicide Squad? <laughs> I love these characters so much. Especially since we know that like El Diablo was supposed to be like the heart of Suicide Squad, but in a way, Ratcatcher Two is supposed to represent that because of her backstory with her father, played by Taika Waititi, too. So that's who was Ratcatcher One in a great kind of yes, game. like 
Yeah. And if you're familiar with David Ayer, it makes perfect sense why he chose El Diablo as that character because he's, yeah, Fast and he's kind of really fascinated by Mexican gang culture. Um, yeah. And uh, he's done some weird movies that are interesting um not good but interesting yeah and uh, I, about that stuff so and yeah. i love the fact that you know peacemaker bloodsport have like this sort of like rivalry like you know who has like the better like killings and the better weapons and whatnot and uh like he's yeah, like, we get into you, like a, a kill off in the village right like a yeah it's the fanciest way you kill people. like you know, he does exactly the same thing that i do but he but i'm like yeah except he's like a maga chud that's the only difference <laughs> well, yeah, i mean the big the big reveal right is that he's not actually yeah. in the suicide squad he's uh, a placed operative by you know by the, by the, the cia waller. by waller to you know to make sure that they don't abscond with the uh the the records and stuff kept at the facility so and like that, that's kind of like it's kind of to neutralize the force that is uh kill shot right like that's the yeah. which is a real thing i mean if you're talking about cointel pro if you're talking about like like i mean that's like you know again gateway drug to like if you want more reading on this folks you know like <laughs> yeah you can also, find it amanda waller has more of a personality in this film yeah i think that uh king shark is fucking incredible though and i love that sylvester stallone yeah, kills it. Mustache. It's finally he finally does a comedy. Like 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 yeah. He's he's been in comedies Talking before. They're not funny. I've watched them. <laughs> yeah, all. they're meant to be um, comedies. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, the closest you'll get is Oscar, which which I just think he's completely miscast in a screwball comedy. Of oh like, yeah, you know, Tim Curry's in that one, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. It's almost worth watching, but don't don't watch it. <laughs> Don't. I, I think um, I think though that the what I, what I was trying to say about the uh, peacemaker thing in the beginning of this um, is is that they, the intros being the same I think sets you up as an audience for you know his inevitable yeah. like oh why was this guy actually included into this uh, you know into the squad but also yeah, yeah, I also feel like <laughs> you definitely wouldn't do that kind of introduction if you were really trying to place an op you know what I mean like you wouldn't be like this guy's the same as you but everybody else is different but for an audience I think that plays out. Oh, and I do want to bring this up before we get too far from that clip. Um, uh, Bill Finger was the guy who created uh, the Polka Dot Man in 1962. He's yeah. also the uh, cr uh, creator of Batman. Um, and, There's and, a really cool documentary about him. Yes. The, I fact was gonna... that he, the fact that Polka Dot Man has been around for that long, it's like, and yet a lot of people probably never heard of him until the Suicide Squad. Yeah. Well, his costume wasn't very good. And they were like, you know what? You're a joke. You throw Polka Dots at people. Get out, get out of here. And, yeah. Yeah. You know. Also, too, the prison scenes were filmed in Augusta, Georgia. I would have been an extra in the scene where all the girls are hooting, howling, wolf whistling at uh, John Cena and Andrew Elba, which I totally would have done for free. Yeah, I was going to say, you wouldn't even charge them, right? Yeah, yeah I'd be like, I'll do it. I don't care. Like, literally, you got that Warner Brothers money. You got to you need The prison is right next to a Red Lobster. All right, yeah. well, they're, they're going to pay well, you a Red Lobster. Red you... Lobster when you're done. <laughs> I know. I would be like, hey. Just like Beyonce said. You're gonna be you're gonna be the next James Bond. Want to you want to go to you want to go this to was, this, speaking of redemptions? This was Idris Elba's redemption from Cats. You gotta ask Idris Elba to take <laughs> you on a date to Red Lobster. That's what you're, like, you're gonna be like, hey, you know you got that big Red Lobster money. It's expensive as fuck there. Yeah, and then you know put the hot sauce in your bag, swag. Movie next show again. It's brought to you by Red Lobster. Oh, <laughs> brought man. to you by Arby's. Cheddar Bay Biscuits. <laughs> yeah. Movie Night Extravaganza brought to you by Texas Roadhouse. Yeah. They've, they've, uh, they're paying me money to shit on, <laughs> to shit on Red Lobster. <laughs> uh, King they Shark. They don't even sell lobsters, do they? It's all, uh, uh, what was that? Lagostino? What is the, what is the, 
uh, fake lobster? I, I have no I mean, idea. Guess I, I guess I could care less, but I'd have to try. King Shark is an incredible <laughs> character because much like Groot, it's a it's a beloved fan favorite character that's CGI. And CGI yes. is so hard to be interesting on screen, I feel. And like yeah. they managed to make like like a character that is like a standout character. Yeah. That is oh. is you know big goofy CGI. And I yeah, think that and that's great. and with and with the Harley Quinn series, you know, he gets he has more of a personality too. So he's already established as like someone that's liked. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I mean, I mean the comic book too. Like, like honestly, he was a big threat to Superboy in the comics. So like, like yeah. he had a you had actually a very interesting <laughs> character to start with. Um, you know, so so you know. And it's just I just you know, he's like what yeah. I like about I'm gonna throw that in the main chat there, Mike. That's pretty that's pretty horrific. <laughs> yeah, that they're not real, uh they're not lobster. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I don't eat seafood, so it doesn't matter to me. But that is you don't eat right. seafood? Oh, my goodness. No, I don't eat seafood either. It makes me sick. But while well, well, langostino means little lobster in Spanish, uh, the crustacean is more <laughs> similar to a hermit crab and less expensive than American lobsters. It's right. fucking disgusting. Right. <laughs> can, 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 can we talk about Harley, please? Okay. I just, now now I'm going to yes. talk about lobsters. We're going to talk about <laughs> lobsters for like 20 more minutes, then we can talk about <laughs> this, this is the thing about this podcast, guys. I try to You keep brought me on. This is what you get. Don't listen to me. <laughs> also, Conan also tries to keep everyone focused. I do. But so of course, this film takes after Birds of Prey. So Harley's in a different place in her life. You know, she's property of no one. She's broken up with a Joker. She's on her own. The reason why she gets caught is because the guy wants to marry her for whatever reason. I'm like, okay, this is a side plot that makes no sense. But this also shows that Harley does have, she does have, she does think about things. She sees red flags, for instance. And I, I do look for description good, of how uh, she got caught podcast too. From what I've heard, red flag. Yeah, hey. um, good yeah. podcast. Subscribe now. <laughs> oh, I, I like how she described how she got caught too. That she had an incident of road rage in a bank. Yes, <laughs> it's a clever a lot, movie. It's funny. What What's so great about the use of songs in this movie is that James Gunn is is good at soundtracks. Yeah, Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy absolutely killed it. I think it's yeah, yeah. No needle drops here. Like songs that actually have to do with what the character's going through. He's on it. Like or, a lot or of ironically are, has to do with what the character yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a lot of people are like, well, how come she's singing this this song about not having anyone? I'm like, because she doesn't think that the gang, that the rest of the squad's gonna come to save her. So she well, and, and that, that also that, and that Louis Prima song actually it's two songs, slaps, yeah. and it's a great thing to put a fight scene. Death of Jiggle. Oh, yeah. Everywhere he goes, you know what I mean? Yeah, everywhere yeah. she goes. I mean, she she she's just focused. She's fighting all. She she's like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm all on my own. I can fight. I can I can take on a hundred Quartermontese, you know, military men. I got this. I got this. Yeah, no, well, that's, they, a, that's a pretty incredible uh, scene. Like, it leads to one of the funniest scenes afterwards too, where she's like, "What are you guys doing?" And they're like, "Oh, we're rescuing you." And and she's like, "Oh, that's so sweet. Do you want me to go back? <laughs> Do you want me to go back inside and we can still do it?" Yeah, it's like that's so good, and I love that that's in the preview because it's sort of like it, it's really earned as like a scene, but it's freaking funny anyway. For sorry, yes. I didn't mean to railroad you. Oh, well, I want I want to bring it back for one second to uh, I was thinking about what Mike said earlier about like kind of using lobster. humor, yeah, no, using <laughs> humor as uh, you know, like sarcasm as humor, 
and I and I remembered like one exchange in this movie that I think really kind of skewers that idea is uh, exactly when the when the thinker was like uh, he's like, well, oh, the general guy was like, all that shit in your face is to make your brain good, like sarcastically, and he's like, <laughs> yes, to make my brain good, and the guy was, are you being sarcastic with me? And so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And Peter Capaldi is such a great actor. Like he it, really it, is. Yeah, the villain. He's, he's, the, he's the true villain of the film. Yeah. Uh, if and... you, it, oh, sorry, Mike. I was just gonna say I, I'm such a huge fan of like In the Loop is great, but the series in the thick. If you are remotely interested in politics, like fucking incredible, and, and also incredibly vulgar. And also, I love his run as, as the Doctor, but really, it's all about him in the, in the thick of it, and like the later kind of as a movie. Sort of, kind of spinoff, kind of became in, into the loop. Which in the loop, we should definitely do when we do like politics month. Anyway, Mike, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like what really redeems the movie for me is the the uh, entire structure is just constantly keeps cut, cutting your legs off, you know, and keeps. Yeah. I hate saying subverting your expectations because that seems so uh, uh, overdone at this point, but it keeps kind of like. Going, no, really, we're 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 telling you this is America uh worked with Nazis, <laughs> you know, to fight yeah. the Cold War. Like, you know, uh, you know, America was behind this uh evil uh thing from the very beginning, and we're using it for our own for our naked power. And, you know, as you keep you keep learning, and it's funny, you know, to me to see uh uh them seeing how much they can get away with telling you, which is basically everything in this movie could totally have happened in real life. There's nothing fanciful about it. Yeah. There would just have to be a giant squid creature in, in space. You know what I mean? Like, we would, that would 100%. Excuse me, it was a starfish. Actual, oh, yeah, starfish. Star yeah, star starfish. We regret the error. Yeah. No, I agree with that completely. And I think that I'm, I'm, I'm kind of fascinated by, like, as someone who's listened to, uh, you know, a lot of, like, Stephen Kinzer's books, right? Like, about kind of how far the CIA really did push things. Um, and how far the American government was willing to push things, you know, during the Cold War and after, uh, you know, like bringing in Nazis with Operation Paperclip, but also just the amount of experimentation they were willing to do. But also like the uh, bureaucratic versus scientific exploration. And I think that this movie does that really interestingly with uh, the thinker as a character, because he has no there's no moral compass to it at all. Right. Like his only thing is that he wants to literally uh, rape rape experiment on do all of these different things to the people that you know star the conqueror uh has taken over and he has there's no morality to it there's only like the raw idea of scientific exploration whereas the u.s government um is almost always looking to cover up their involvement in things and those are uh diametrically i think opposed positions when it's something like this and you're like you know like his only thing is like i've done 30 years worth of research they're gonna cut it off no no thinking about like the people that he's experimented on and killed nothing like that yeah you know, those are corpses under those stars well and, and the thing is the american government doesn't care about those people either it cares about yeah, pr right. it cares about Right. You know, and, and it cares about how America is perceived and how this will, you know, Hearts undermine our influence operations. It has nothing to do with like right or wrong. And the CIA yeah, being no, willing all, to let yeah. all the civilians die in that city yeah. is kind of exactly right. That's exactly how the American government operates is, you know, and that's how we operate around the world today is and those is civilians are expendable. Is. She's like, I'm like, you know, there's a what, like hundred foot extraterrestrial star that is feed that is feeding off of people in in a in, in, in a country 
You don't think that that thing's going to try to take over the entire world. Why would you well, want to have to kill that? That's exactly right. And that's how America operates. Like we create these blowback scenarios, things spin out of control that we directly cause. And we kind of just try to cover it up and hide it. And then eventually it comes back. And yeah, obviously the extraterrestrial alien with mind control starfish is going to affect the United States. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, it's know. the consequences of my actions. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> I have the turntables. And, and uh, no, but it, like the line that she actually says um, really, I think, highlights that. Um, I'm trying to find it because I wrote it down. But the uh, when, when, she, when they're like, hey, we should stop this giant starfish. And she's like, no, our, our objectives, I guess objectives is the line. Like our immediate objectives um, are, are, you know, turned towards like letting, letting a, a country with, with a hostile government just getting taken, taken over by this, uh, they, you know, like this giant but starfish. They only think in terms of immediate objectives, right? Like they only yeah. think about in terms of what, uh, what's good for U.S. interests right now, not what's right. good for U.S. interests anytime in the future. So, like, I mean, I've been kind of going crazy about this with, like, the, you know, the Ukraine situation when, uh, you know, they have Hillary Clinton go on TV and say, this is just like the Mujahideen. Like, you know, this is going to be just like the Mujahideen. Doesn't mention what happened after that. Just mentions the immediate, like, freedom fighter aspect of it. Like, the American government does this over and over and over again, um, where these situations are clearly, like, huge red flags. You're like, don't you want to, like, maybe not do this right now? Don't you want to look into it, research it? And they're like, no, we should do this. We should put, we should funnel money and weapons into this place and not know where they're going. And we should, uh, you know, let uh, a starfish take over this entire city. Like, it all kind of works that same way. It's what's best for immediate objectives. And then, you know, if there's problems down the line, we'll solve them one at a time, which never happens. Never happens. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, right before, you know, on my stream today, I talked about how there's another island where the United States has basically had its way with, and it's called Haiti. Uh, and, you know, in 2008, 2009, there was a huge street movement to raise the minimum wage in Haiti to $5 a day. Uh, and Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton, through the U.S. State Department, closely monitored and surveilled all the leaders of the Haitian uh, minimum wage increase movement. It, it was so popular, it ended up passing unanimously in the Haitian uh, parliament. And the United States of America basically went into the president of Haiti and was like, well, you no. better block this now because, you know, Haynes or, you know, uh, I can't remember which companies, Levi's yeah, or whatever is making clothes there. Is and not going to Levi. It might have been Levi, if I remember correctly. Yeah, there was uh, a few. There's a few. There's yeah. a special like opportunity zone they we set up in Haiti after the earthquake, where we could just you know basically have these sweatshops, uh, you know, led by the Clinton Clinton Foundation. And it's like this is how America actually operates. Our diplomacy in other countries, especially these small countries in Latin America or the Caribbean, is basically a right wing surveillance. Uh, intelligence operation in every single one of these small countries and anytime they try to exercise any amount of self-determination or their own control their own destinies their own development or make their lives better for their people we're going to physically interfere by any means necessary you know uh and just last week joe biden had that you know uh summit of the americas where they wouldn't invite a few countries uh mexico decided to boycott because of it but they did invite Haiti, whose leader has not been elected. You know, their their for, last prime minister was assassinated. 
and they just have some guy America says is the leader now, and he's in charge. Uh, and that's a democracy. That's a okay. But, you know, these other countries have democratic elections that go against the United States interest, and suddenly their dictatorships need to be sanctioned, their people need to be killed. And uh, that's how we uh, operate. Well, Imagine if Harley Quinn went through that marriage, though. <laughs> Wait, so there was... there was <laughs> all right, when, In Haiti, also, like, you know, a couple decades before that, didn't uh, Bush just kind of go have someone have special forces go in uh kidnap aristide like the president of haiti and fly off yeah. with him at one point yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah that was this that's the suicide squad that's what the suicide squad would really be doing you know it'd be, yeah. it'd be trying to kidnap uh uh foreign leaders that decided to raise the minimum wage at a factory somewhere uh because the, you know the profit margin of uh haynes underwear would go from five thousand percent to four four thousand five hundred percent that can't be allowed Damn, you, we got a Mike. You're nerding out. It's funny because, like, whenever I watch entertainment like this, maybe I'm just like so boring and unfun and a and a. But like, you know, I I keep thinking like like when I see these like experiments happening, I'm just like thinking of the real life example, and it like takes me out of the moment because it's like, damn, this is dark, but it's not as dark as it really is. Makes me want to go off on a rant with the person sitting next to me. <laughs> but, but the thing is that I, don't, I think like mainstream audiences don't know about this stuff and kind of have to be have the you know the the veil lifted from the U.S. state slowly. Like I don't think you can jarringly make a movie for oh, a, absolutely a right. Now, if so, you want to be effective, so absolutely right, that, right. I think that this but some people just want that. catharsis. So if you just want catharsis, go ahead. Yeah, well, I think that Great. this this movie does that really well. I think that this movie kind of lifts the veil off in a pretty slow, a slow methodical way. And uh, like even even if you're not someone who's you know inclined like to be elected or inclined to be like you know any any form of like anti-imperialist whatsoever, like I think watching this and you know researching a little bit, just basic little bit about like uh, any of the stuff that we actually do is pretty effective in communicating um, a very basic understanding of that how these operations really work. Like too, like the black sites, like you know using a um, a hospital like a, a nazi hospital in a, in a Latin yes, absolutely. country yeah. as a black site like that is a hundred percent what we did we, we kept the nazis there and didn't bother them we just hired them but still that's a hundred percent what we did you're just <laughs> like us for real yeah, yeah. <laughs> is it funny yeah. that uh, bloodsport had a rat phobia I think that's great, and uh, and honestly, like I am such a huge fan of uh, the, the little rat with the battle vest, uh, Sebastian. Yeah, Sebastian. Like I'm like that's such a good a small. There's a lot of small characters in here that like do. Hey, work, that's right? my job. <laughs> I mean, do we do we need to discuss that? I think it's just like yeah. a known fact, right? We haven't gotten to the final thoughts yet, so you know. Yeah, Margo <laughs> is Margo is uh, is is beautiful in this. Yeah, she's she's. This is the thing about Margot Robbie. She's up there with Robert Downey Jr. and Tom Hiddleston being perfectly cast as like a live action yeah. comic book character. Agreed. And it's it's amazing that she's it's like a career making role for her, right? Yeah. And, but like also like Harley but Quinn's second mad that She wasn't wearing something sexy, and I'm like, shut the fuck up. She does, American, she does like an American accent so well too. I know, and th this is how she came up with her her. Um, Brooklyn accent because she did this for uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Her dialect coach or whatever was telling her like, okay, imagine you're at a salon and you're getting acrylics. And so they're like, keep doing this and you start sounding like you're from Brooklyn, like you're from New York. And I'm like, oh my God, I totally see it. Like it's like, and that's, she was like, oh my God, I think I can do it. I think I could do a Brooklyn accent. And I'm like, she also 
like she didn't want to sound like Tara Strong or Arlene Sorkin, which I get it. And a lot of people are, are mad that she doesn't have like that high pitched sound. I'm like, she can't be imitating. She has to evocate. She has to do her own take. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. Thank you for saying that. Yes. I mean, that everybody, you know, that's well, that's because a lot of the way people consume this content is it's like member berries. You know, it's like this nostalgic bump. They're con you know, they're just trying to like get another scoop of the nostalgia cook. So like you have a great role, you know, being played of Harley Quinn in the, in the animated series. And, you know, that was so well voice acted. And then, so Which everybody has to copy that. created for the animated series too. Right. That, that's what I was going to break into before I dared interrupt Christina and her Harley Quinn factoids. But, but, but uh, like, she's a second stringer like this, like she, her performance, whether or not, you think that first movie is good or not? It's not, by the way. Objectively, it's not a good movie. It sucks. But, like, it started her on the road to Birds of Prey, which is a good movie, I feel. Yeah. And The Suicide Squad, which is also a good movie, to make a career-making role and define a character that was a second stringer. Like, yeah. literally, she was its Joker's girlfriend. Right? That's it. I mean, I mean, you know, let, let's also be honest. Uh, Jimmy Palmiotti and uh, Banda Connor did a lot of that, uh, too, in the in the comics, you know, uh which, right. which, without them, but I'm talking about things that like not people that are Andy world might care about, like that, like you know, like the, the grand world at large, right? Like, it's yeah. like it's a, a great people, role for I remember when Margot character. first got casted, and they were like, Oh, an Australian. I'm like, Wolf of Wall Street, she did a she did a strong, thick New York accent. She used Lorraine Bracco from Goodfellas as her inspiration, as opposed to like Marissa Tomei and my cousin Vinny, which I'm kind of relieved yeah. went with like Lorraine Bracco as like her, as her like go-to for like inspiration on the, uh, on the accent. So, I mean, I know, I know a lot about, about Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, well, yeah, yeah. Literally well I think this is very good insight. So, Thank yeah. you for that. I appreciate that. <laughs> we would hope so. Yeah. Everybody subscribe to Christina, Twitch people. She's, uh, if you know, I'm Christina. Already. Yes, yeah, we'll get to that in the, later on. I cosplay a lot from both. <laughs> the yep. Mike, get it. What are you going to say? Yeah, I, and and well, I think that's that is uh, she's like one of the strongest characters in the film, obviously. Um, and you know, I just really, I mean, Margot's great. I mean, the Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, uh, she oh, really like stole the show. Yeah. In that movie. Um, and, uh, kind of like grab hold of every scene she was in, uh, as a character. So she's pretty great. Yeah. And like, you know, I get it that it's suddenly want her to be sexy. (laughs) Well, and then it's also like, it's a ubiquitous Halloween costume for the rest of our lifetimes now. And like, whatever, but it's a good role. And like, I, I think that. There's something to be said for that, which Margot Robbie, who happens to be impossibly gorgeous, but actually is a good actress. Yes. Like to have a role like that, that like can shape culture in that way. That's awesome. You know, her, her great. accent, her accent. So iconic in both. Um, I mean, as Harley Quinn and also as, uh, you know, in Wolf of Wall Street, I like forget that she's, <laughs> she's got like, the goggles going. That's great. <laughs> I forget oh, yeah. like she's Australian and so then it's almost jarring when like she speaks in a normal accent in an interview or something like it's, it's almost yeah. jarring to me because yeah. the accent is so uh I, I can't you have any clips of that is that is that a thing you have clips of or is that just your like man general um no There's, I, well, I think a Jimmy I have, Kimmel I mean, clip of her talking about how she gets her accent correct I, I mean I have a bunch of clips I just haven't been playing them I, I just want to say too that, like not only that she's sitting next to Jai Courtney who's doing his native Australian accent right yeah. next to her 
so while she's, she's not, in character yeah. and she's still nailing it. So like that just tells you how good she is too. Oh, Yo, she oh, was, yeah. was crazy good in, in uh, Itania. She that was another. Yes. And also, Wall Street too. I'm not saying she wasn't great in other things. I'm just saying that like that this role is specifically unique in the fact that it's been very good for her for people to realize what a. But it's hilarious that it's in like this movie, which is like you know just a big, crazy madcap blockbuster like, like absolutely dark comedy, uh, nutso thrill ride. But like yeah, it's it's awesome. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. Also, shout out to da Daniela uh, Mel Melchior. Who portrayed Ratcatcher too? And she really, is, she really is a Portuguese uh, actress from yes. like yeah. So she's she was phenomenal. Like you can like what I liked about her character was that you know she you would think that her character actually had like daddy issues, but no, she loved her father and he taught her the ways of calling the rats and. It's just sad that they <laughs> taught her the ways of calling the rats. Yo, rats, get out of here. Yo, rats, get <laughs> your asses out of here. And I love that he just always like has like that's his one fear, right? He's like the fearless yeah. like leader or reluctant leader, or whatever. And like that's his one fear, which yeah. is like Indiana Jones style. Okay, right? I also I also really love the line um because it really does uh, show like the contradiction between um, objectives in, in all these cases where Waller is like, why didn't you tell us about your fear of rats during your psychological profile? And he's like, uh, he's like, well, I, I'm an assassin. I'm not just going to give you up, like give up my, uh, <laughs> exactly. why would I tell you? Yeah, why, exactly. why did everyone know the weasel couldn't swim? <laughs> yeah. But, but like, that's, I mean, that's a hundred percent true. Like if you're in one of those situations, you're some kind of mercenary and like assassin or whatever, like you're not going to obviously just give up like, Hey, I'm afraid of these things, and you know, I'm like, th this is a weakness that I have. Yeah, yeah. You don't really say your actual greatest weakness in a job interview either. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, I you make some shit I up. I care too much. I care too much. <laughs> yeah. I just get I, so focused sometimes, you know. <laughs> uh, you know, well, one of the things I like about the film was, you know, kind of the the wrap up of the of the major fight was, you know. They had the only the weapon they used to defeat the big bad was the was the rat, you know, which is an individually weak thing on its own. But when it operates collectively, it can defeat even this like seemingly impossibly strong, you know, alien. Yeah. And I think that's supposed to be kind of like uh, evocative for everybody who's watching to look at that and go, hmm, maybe if we all start working together for the same goal, we can overtopple anything. Uh, and you know, the rat catcher's power of, you know, everybody, the most despised animal when working together can become the most powerful thing is yeah. kind of the statement of the politics of the movie. That is really interesting to me. I also love the character development from Harley in the first suicide squad movie. She couldn't swim here. She is swimming in the eye of a starfish. The vitriol, <laughs> the vitreous fluid of the eye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty yeah. gross. That's such a that's such a beautiful <laughs> scene. Like I know it's not. I love to that be. scene. All the rats, and she's like, mm. "Well, that's. <laughs> like I mean, that's creative. Yeah, you know? it is. It really is. It's not yeah. something that's just like a gray rubble with like portals opening. It, it, yeah. it, you know, it's not the same mush that you get in so much of the Marvel stuff. It's yeah. like, damn, a giant eye, and then you. And then it goes further and you explore the like anatomy of the eye. You're inside the eye. Like you're chewing the it's, membranes of the uh, eye. Yes. Oh, it's yeah. so cool. Like that is creative as hell. That's interesting. Yeah. We need more of that and, and less gray, grim, dark, gray rubble movies. 
Well, yeah. I, and I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Like both of them were directed and written by James Gunn. They're the most creative, I think, of the Marvel movies. You know what I mean? Like he's yeah. like, I mean, maybe maybe Thor Ragnarok is is pretty good. I like too. Thor yeah, Ragnarok. Thank you that. Thor, Thor Love and Thunder 2 is going to be so good. Yeah, that, that'll be good as well. But that's almost like that's, you know, in the same way, like the Guardians movies are like James Gunn movies and like those Thor movies are like Taiki Watata movies, right? Because yeah. they share more in common with like, you know, Hunt for the Wilder People than they do for, you know, the first Captain America or something along. But, but I also think too, it's like, it's like uh, James Gunn and uh, Taika Waititi are, are both, you know, more visual and, and like creative directors whereas like the russo brothers came up out of doing sitcoms uh and and I, not, you can so, tell and i'm not and i'm not trying to slag uh, you know slag their work because because I, I do think like uh Winter soldier um <laughs> it, is actually a, a fairly solid movie in itself it's just it is leftists don't want to hear it but it is a solid movie yeah 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 <laughs> winter soldier is pretty good okay yeah, it's it's like I mean, an I alan Marvel movie um, I mean, I, I watched better, the slop the like everybody else, you know. I, yeah, but I just visually, I think they're very. There's a sameness yeah. to a lot of them, and it gets to be a bit. Yeah, and, and, and we like, have all that money. Why can't you do something interesting? Yeah, hire more artists, <laughs> like like you know, if if uh, they actually hired. Uh, Hire oh, more artists. Yeah, no, but but remember who was supposed to. Well, give them power. Batman. Don't just tell them to you know yeah. animate you know something stupid. But, but I mean, remember who was supposed to originally direct Ant Man? It was um, uh, what's his face, the guy who did all the uh, uh who did Baby Driver, um, Edgar Wright, Edgar Wright, Edgar Wright. yeah, yeah, you know, which is again another artiste in his own right, uh, and, and also very visual. And and I think that's the that's the problem is like comics are a visual medium, and it's one thing whenever you do something like Gray, like say The Crow, which is based on the black and white comic. It's it's a, a it's a whole other genre of comics that the as opposed to the four color superhero stuff, um, but but like it is it's 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 a uh, beautiful the film adaptation works on, on that level because of what you know the source material, whereas that doesn't necessarily uh, work for say um, you know the forty seven thousand Batman movies that have come out, um, yeah. because because we're all tired of that aesthetic, and I think I think you could do something a little bit more uh, with it, but but. You're not getting these great, you know, visual directors. I mean, uh, you had Tim Burton, uh, who, who, who I think did a beautiful job with that. Yeah, those those Burton Batman's. I mean, like if you watch them recently, they're like they're more Tim looking. Burton Batman films. <laughs> you know, and then Sam Raimi too, like another good example of oh, a, a very good director. I recently revisited the the Raimi Spider Man and Spider Man Two, and they're fantastic. We don't speak of three. Yeah, Dark Man. <laughs> Dark Man is my Spider-Man three. I still I still remember being in the theater. I remember being in the theater and seeing the uh, Spider-Man Doc Ock fight when they're just on the train, and it just. Alfred Molina's so good. He's so good in that. I mean, he's a great actor and so perfectly cast too. Like, yeah, like absolutely. Just on fire. Um, I I feel like I feel like people are starting to burn out really fast of the uh, of the nostalgia like the the hopeless nostalgia i guess of like just kind of inserting characters in for uh you know just for the purpose for like the sole purpose of like a um like hey i remember that from that movie like you know fan service like i i wonder if we're gonna start moving away from that a little bit more except for when it comes to andrew garfield well you know <laughs> i saw i saw the most recent uh uh doctor strange movie and i feel like i can start to i can see the seams opening up on that type of content where it's like I, yeah. member berries like you know when they when the film actually pauses so that the the theater will has like a time to react or shout or you know what i mean it, it, it but it's like a laugh track that never comes 
you can really feel like the moment is starting to maybe finally, hopefully, fingers crossed, pass where member berries is not enough anymore and you really have to like tell a story. I'm, I'm well, loving Mike, this I... phase in Marvel because they're doing the multiverse, different variants, time traveling, very like experimental with like plotting and even like creative like CGI and visual effects and whatnot. So I'm 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 looking forward to like this phase as opposed to like previous phases. So so you're saying they're finally kind of catching up to the comics. <laughs> <laughs> well, so Mike, the, everything everywhere all at once, uh, which the, the now classic episode of what last week. Yeah, <laughs> was it last week? Yes, yeah, Friday. Right? Week ago. Jesus, yeah. uh, and one of our most watched episodes, actually, as of as of last week. Uh, I like so I like Multiverse of Madness. I like that they let Sam Raimi make a big budget superhero movie again. Uh, oh no, I don't think the movie's bad, but I'm just saying. No, 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 that's no, no, but I, I part. I'm not even trying to discuss it. I'm just saying yeah. one of the most interesting, inventive movies covering similar ish ground came out like a week earlier and i had to see so many hot takes about the relative merits of uh of the doctor strange movie and it's like why don't you just watch a movie that's wildly popular that is unique in every possible way and putting forth all the stuff you're bitching about instead of complaining about this thing that you can't control yeah, I, I like. Well, it's it's funny you remember you you mentioned everywhere all at once that that film. When I was trying to watch it, I remember the alert. The original release was like so limited. It was it I was had, like an art house film practically. I, like, yeah, I, God, I, I yeah, had to, like there was like one theater in Philadelphia that was showing it. Like you know, and it was like Jesus Christ, why is this so hard to see? You know, they still have Batman out for the 80th week. <laughs> Uh, and right. why is well, that's because they're, they're still showing the first showing of it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still watching it actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you know, that was yeah, so yeah, I totally get you, I get you, I'm not trying, but I just think there's a certain limited, uh, you know, uh, uh, run for stuff that's a little bit they don't even want to give it a shot, no matter how good it is, it just doesn't have the same kind of like penetration as I could go to a rather large theater next to me and it it's gonna have. Eight different screens for you know Morbius, Batman, or Morbius. Yeah, or Morbius. It's yeah. Now the it's now yeah. the Morbius Theater. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. the Morbius Memorial Theater. But I, but I think so. That's but but what I love is the fact that that movie through grassroots action basically has caught on in a very real way and deserves it. Yes. and it's just so amazing. Here's the only thing that I'll, I can make it akin to, and I know I'm kind of like you know lingering on this, but I, I have a point. Is that I watched. Game of Thrones, when they ran out of source material and they just started doing exclusively cocaine decisions and like, you know, what they thought would be good. Well, he had, they they had to quit. They have other shows they were trying to make. Yeah, yeah, they're trying to do other shows. But that, so so basically Game of Thrones became fan service, aka what people thought Game of Thrones uh, that didn't watch Game of Thrones. Twin Peaks The Return came out at the same time. And like the difference between like the quality of the two Mm -hmm. was so striking it's like oh one of these is art and one of these is like just like i'm trying to you know get money so i can move on to the next thing and like it was so powerful and i'm not saying it's exactly the same thing with dr strange because again i like multiverse of madness it's a good movie you know peace peace and love peace and love there were some really Uh, good fight scenes like you know with the with the music the music battle that was great i love that that was that was awesome stuff you know so uh, yeah and like I, i i love that you know let sam raimi let Sam Raimi direct big budget pictures again. You know, I know everyone mm-hmm. hasn't forgiven that Oz movie and I get it. It's terrible. But like, 
My you kids know, liked it when it came out. But it, it's, but this but, is what I like about this, like when it when it comes to comparing like the first Suicide Squad movie yeah. and the second one, there's a consistent visual, there's consistent tone, like you, you like the visuals and like the effects and like the colors and like are just so much better and more consistent than whatever the fuck the first movie was about. Yeah, I don't even acknowledge its existence. Let Conan speak. Like, <laughs> well, just like so when so when we're talking about and critiquing these franchise intellectual property films, right, and and giving them like the 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 due discourse that that they deserve. Let's not forget that there is original stuff out there, and it's incumbent upon us to become the media, as Joe will be offering. Like the new Barbie movie. I mean, the Greta Gerwig Barbie with Margot Robbie. I'll watch that. Sure. It's going to probably like, win Best Picture. Mark my word. <laughs> if it wins Best Picture for every game we're all I'm going to riot. All right. <laughs> riot. They, should, they should bring Morbius in there and have a little shout out to Morbius. Give him a moment. Uh, no. <laughs> Jared Leto as Ken. <laughs> Kenbius. <laughs> Where's that mashup? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, do you want to go to the letterbox one-liners? And, of uh, course, I would love to. Uh, Mike, are you familiar with this bit? Are you are you familiar with this at all? I, I, well, I wanted to it. explain it for all the uh, all of my fans that may see it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, Letterboxd is a place for film. It's a social media site for film lovers who talk at, with, and to each other about the films they love, the films they didn't love, the films that they were baffled by, the films they were really horny or thirsty for. And everybody gets to have their say, not just the Siskels and the Eberts. And all of this is best expressed briefly, succinctly, working your tight five in the classic one-liner response. We collect these. We collect these for uh, discussion on this show and reaction. These are the letterbox one-liners for The Suicide Squad. Forrest, roll them. Shout out to that right-wing dipshit who canceled James Gunn on Twitter so that we could get this banger and Guardians 3. That really backfired for them, huh? <laughs> nice. That's just a statement of fact. That's so funny. But he's just so fucking good at he's just so fucking good at what he does. Like, you know what I mean? Like making interesting, making creative like movies. Did anyone check if the weasel could swim? <laughs> <laughs> and I love that the weasel lived. He did. Where's his spinoff? Probably. Yes. He's uh he's gonna be Ron DeSantis' vice president. <laughs> yes. Weasel twenty twenty four. Superhero movies can in fact be movies and fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also bleakly dark, like at the same time. It's <laughs> black as well. Yeah. <laughs> How could they do polka dot man like that? The fuck? I know. <laughs> RP to a great one. He was he was honestly the most relatable out of that whole team. I'm not gonna lie. Wait, you wait, you see, wait, you picture all of us as your mother? Yeah, <laughs> for that reason. Not <laughs> those scenes. I, I uh, on rewatch, I laughed way harder at those scenes for some reason. I'm not sure why. Like, I like I like the entire the entire Suicide Squad as the yeah. Mother. No, it's <laughs> well. I think it's because you know it's coming and you can appreciate yeah. the artistry that they that went into the CG for that because they really. I mean, like like just seeing his mother in like that stupid uh, Bugs Bunny shirt. He also yeah, kind exactly. Of, he also kind like of mirrored... trying to catch a butterfly. He kind of mirrors uh, Star of the Conqueror in a way because, you know, in the same way that his mother kind of tortured him with these experiments to turn him into a superhero. It kind of feels like almost like a mirror of those two characters. Oh, yeah. I didn't even get that. Huh. Mm-hmm. 
Hmm. Non-stop joyride from starfish to finish. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because because you know the the javelin was finish. <laughs> Weasel will return in Avengers Infinity Weeze. <laughs> yes, please. The only the only fan service that I won't shit talk. Only three likes on this one. I was like, this is the funniest one, man. <laughs> I bet they probably rated Suicide Squad better. Jordan knew it. Uh, shout out. That's good. Infinity Weez. Starting a petition for Nanawe to replace Amber Heard and Aquaman. <laughs> oh, no. Yes, yes, oh, yes, Jesus. yes, 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 oh, yes, no. yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I'd fuck with it. Or Bruce Campbell. <laughs> Those are the two, huh? All right. I want to be friends with the rat. Same. Yeah, I don't. Need, I don't even like rats. I mean, and it it was cute, and I'd like to be friends with that one. <laughs> rats are cute. What do you mean? That's, don't be species oh. Yeah, exactly. Don't be species this for us. Come on. Oh, that, I guess that's all of them. Oh, I thought there was another one. All right. Well, those are the letterbox one-liners for the Suicide Squad. Follow Movie Next Travaganza on Letterboxd. That's Forrest over there. I, of course, am Conan Neutron. You can follow me as well. Uh, J. Andrew Worlds, watching all of the trash cinema that you didn't know that you were interested in, but maybe you would be. Uh, I'm Christina, out of order. Sorry, of course, your, your favorite Harley Quinn over there. Well, over there. <laughs> uh, whatever. You can see her. <laughs> uh, she's on Letterboxd and has uh, been logging stuff and is threatening to do a pretty good bit with Johnny Depp that should be good if she ever gets around to it. We'll see. Oh, yep. Mike from PA does not know what Letterbox is until that bit, but maybe he should be. Uh, I mean, I've heard of it. You know, I, I know I know about Letterbox. I, I swear. It's a good way to track movies you want to see. That's how I got stuck on it. So once they once they hook you in, it's a whole freaking By the way, it was it was wild. It was wild to watch this movie um while all the stuff about like uh like the what is a woman discourse um is going on during Pride Month because Star of the Conqueror is literally a, a a transgender pride flag, pretty much like the same color. I kept on thinking that, like, what, what like Ben Shapiro and like Matt Walsh think, you know, is going to happen if, if uh, we're allowed to use like, you know, preferred pronouns is that Star of the Conquerors thing will come down and like each person will be like enveloped by the, by like the, the transgender pride flag emoji in the same way that everyone was in this. Honestly, I think that's a good solution. Uh, we should workshop that. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. But, but I, we know Avengers is Marvel. That's <laughs> <laughs> the fucking joke. That is the joke. That is literally the joke. Yeah, <laughs> that and the uh, Polly Shore reference. Anyway. <laughs> Jandra World, please take away for the plugs. Yeah, I, I'm going to go serious just for a moment here. Um, for, first of all, I found out this morning that um, Calendar Man uh, co-creator, or at least the modern version of it, uh, Tim Sale passed away. He was uh, thanked in the credits of this movie. Um, brilliant, brilliant artist. If you uh, suffered through that terrible TV show Heroes uh, like from like 15 years ago, he did all the artwork that was featured in the first season. Um, gorgeous stuff. I love the man. Um, he was 66. RIP. Second uh, serious plug I have right now. Um, uh, John Ostringer, the uh, creator of this version of the Suicide Squad. Um, he uh, uh, about 10 years ago, uh, you know, it came out that he had glaucoma uh, and uh, was having trouble, you know, getting work. And because he worked as a for hire artist, had no health insurance. Um, so uh, fans kind of banded together and was able to help him get the, uh, the, the you know, medical insurance that he needed. 
Um, I think he's still working a little bit, but you know, obviously, you know, it's much harder for him to do so. Um, but uh, the Heroes Initiative was kind of founded out of that uh, that, that that initial um, help for him. And uh, I'm going to ask everybody right now, if you can, go to the Heroes Initiative and donate some money because there are lots of creators like him. Um, the creator of Polka Dot Man, for example, died in poverty, um, uh, alone on a couch. And uh, right after uh, the episode of Batman, the uh, the Adam West TV series, he wrote Aired. Um, you know, like there, there's so many tragic stories like this in the comic book industry. And uh, I think this is just a good chance to shout that out and say, hey, this is a great group right here. And um, if you can, throw them some money. They got some great merch. If you, if you want to buy some comics, um, IM me or DM me or whatever. My DMs are open. Y'all can, if you want to ask me about uh, comics to, to buy and to support that kind of stuff, ask me. I'll tell you some good stuff. I'll, I'll hook you up, you know. I'll let you know. But uh, that brings us to Twitch. If you're watching us right now on Twitch, like I know many people do, um, uh, especially especially uh, I imagine Mike's fans are all Twitch people. Yeah, it's like ninety percent of the crowd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> let's not let's not kid ourselves. Yeah. Hey, I got like three people to tune in on Twitch, man. Like I'm, I'm talking <laughs> to the choir right now with the, with those people. But uh, yeah. if you can't subscribe, if you have an Amazon Prime account, you know what to do. Subscribe. That helps us out. Blah blah blah. Now, for those of you watching us on YouTube, you've heard this before. Like, subscribe, comment, watch to the end, hit that bell. Yeah, hit the bell, then watch to the end. Because when you watch to the end, not only do you get that great Conan Neutron song, but you also um, help us out, uh, you know, so other people can find our videos on YouTube. Hit that bell like, uh, you know, like that, that fucking cannonball hit uh, Pete Davidson's face in the... <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Yeah, that was an that's an that's an amazing scene. Love it. I Absolutely. think I think Kanye watches that on on repeat. Yeah, he wrote that scene. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he's a ghost. He did it for free, actually. <laughs> if you happen to like the content we create, but are tired of using your eyeballs, we do have an audio version of this. Um, <laughs> Where you won't see me as as Harley Quinn. Yeah, you've missed that out, but that's okay. Which we is can... worth the price of admission, which, to be clear, is free on its own. <laughs> yes. but, but what you can do is, is uh, uh, you know, find us on your favorite podcasting apps. Um, like us there. Subscribe there. Um, give us a review. That that helps other people find us. And I uh, greatly would appreciate that. Um, we do have a Patreon. Uh, Patreon, you get the after parties forever. After party forever. After um, for those of you who forever. don't know what after parties are, um, th those are basically our bonus stuff that we run for free coming up real shortly, but you'll have access to forever as long as you're subscribing. It's gorgeous. Mike, you going to come on for a little bit for the after party? Sure party? thing. Uh, Wait, sure it's thing. a lot more. Those, those, are way, those are way looser to be charitable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we talk way more about Red Lobster. We talk oh, way good, more good. Because I'm very, I'm very loose. So to speak. So <laughs> the red yeah, lobster my style. gets off the chain. It's really amazing. <laughs> now, if you're enjoying looking up in this this corner right up here and seeing that wonderful cosplaying, uh, you can see more of that on Um Christina's Twitch so. channel. Um, yes. Uh, and if you want to support uh, her and her getting uh, money for such beautiful costumes, uh, she also has a Patreon. So please hit that up if you can. 
because we enjoy these outfits. These these outfits aren't free. <laughs> Everybody yes. has to be clear. I ordered my, with my Twitch payout money. I got a Clea Strange cosplay for Doctor Strange, and I'm I'm excited for that one. You should uh, uh, cosplay as various war criminals. That'd be good. <laughs> I can't ready, wait to see the Henry Kissinger cosplay. I'm just saying. Her, uh, her, her, her 75 year old uh, George W. Bush accidentally slipping up about Iraq on stage. I can cosplay as the like uh, ghost of the Iraqi children that he, he killed. <laughs> you, have, you, have you seen that Onion article that's like Bush, uh, Bush unveils new pictures of dogs? friends uh ghost of iraqi child that follows yeah 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 i'm a a big onion supporter obviously is that it andy no because we need to plug we need to plug some conan oh yeah yeah my shit (laughs) nor have we plugged mike so we'll we'll get there we'll we'll put some plugs in him this bit i know it's not that long it seems so long okay yeah and i also added a bit today and it was a bit serious so you know yeah it's, anyway, it's easier when we can just interrupt you freely it's great exactly like like uh but but like you're not interrupted during protonic reversal exactly because um which you had uh <laughs> you know what i've had such a crazy week this week i can't remember who your guest was uh mike kunka from godhead silo in enemy mining go. dead low tide and uh that was a really great episode we're actually breaking up in the podcast into two because we went three hours which is nothing for christina but for me it's a long time and uh Damon like episode i appreciate that about you Damon Shay episode still going strong as well. Um, yeah, and there's no protonic next week, but uh, yeah, we're splitting up the Mike Kunk episode in the two. Yeah, well, next week I'll just come up with something from the uh, archive to, to to pitch to people. There you go. I'll be All on right. tour, so there. I'm not worried about protonic. Okay. <laughs> um, and, and if you want to get some music, uh, oh yeah, you, uh, any any tour dates? Yeah, what, what's uh, yeah uh, next week? Uh, Indianapolis. Louisville, Nashville, Atlanta, Kona Neutron, The Secret Friends with Service. Uh, you can go uh, neutronfriendsbandcamp.com is probably the best way for that. Uh, we're doing a Twitter takeover of the Scene Point Blank page. So that'll be interesting. I'm like, yes. you know what you're asking for? Okay. <laughs> uh, and also <laughs> at that website, uh, Bandcamp, you can get uh, albums. Like, just, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Music. yeah. Uh, you, should take over, you should take over and, uh, you know, tweet out your thoughts on Terraforming. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to tweet out my thoughts on famous war criminals, but you know, that, <laughs> you know some lighthearted tour banter. Yes. Um, but, but uh, Conan also has a Patreon. And if you join his Patreon, you get Protonic Reversal a day early. Yep. Yep. In some cases, multiple days early because that's yes. the whole point of it. I don't want people hassling me for when's the show going to be up? It is up. If you pay $1. Yes. <sighs> Yeah. Oh no, I'll wait. All right. The video? You gonna mention the video? I-, I was going to right after I mentioned subscribe to Protonic Reversal on YouTube, which oh, we need to get to a thousand subscribers, and you seem to not want to get there. We're we're at eleven 1, hundred. We are we we, oh, we crossed that. Uh, yeah, you cross you somehow you somehow crossed over a hundred people in like a day. I noticed that last night. I was bitching about it on like the show last week, and like I think it already had crossed a thousand. Ads wasn't paying attention, so okay. yeah, it was like like right on the line last time. So yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's great. Don't it's worry, great. I was real busy complaining about it. All right, we, uh, we, but then there's I'm also the play, music video. I'm play your music video at the at the very end of. The I thought you were gonna say you're gonna play Andy out for the. Fuck it, we're gonna do it live. But I wanna, I wanna, I wanna. I mean, well. Mike, if you have anything to plug, uh, that would actually be an amazing bit. Like just like how they do at the Oscars, where the music starts swelling up. And like, I'm doing, I'm doing that. They'd have to physically cut. 
for me to stop plugging. Uh, I'm just everybody, you can, you, can, you can catch me at Central Committee on Twitch.tv, where we talk about politics every day. We do the and, uh, and you do morning the shift, 10 a.m. Eastern, yes. 7 a.m. Pacific. Uh, so if you need somebody early in the morning for your commute or when you're settling in, I've got a great show for that. Talk politics. Hey, I about... at 9 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> well, you know, it is what it is. Fight! Uh, fight! fight. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, we can, we can have a fight uh, later. Uh, Let's start with for no reason. That's Behind uh, the you know, I, have, I have a Twitter, Mike from PA. Good. I don't believe in, like, you know, brand continuity. So, you know, people are like, oh, yeah, I didn't even realize that was you. Um, and, uh, I have a YouTube where I occasionally post some, uh, highlights from my stream, very high effort stuff, uh, at Mike from PA on YouTube. So check all that out and, uh, hope to see you there. We talk about news, politics, philosophy, history, popular culture, and how that intersects with, uh, uh, organizing and the left. I am following right now because I'm going to forget otherwise. So. Good move. Good move. Yeah, and, and just call some majority report are always fantastic. So, like, if you like uh, stuff on Majority Report, definitely check out his show. Yeah, I was there. You know, I was on. Major I called in the Majority Report uh, a couple weeks ago for the Pennsylvania primaries, which were probably the best in the country. Why has Pennsylvania got better politics than like California? What's going on? <laughs> you know, we have like a socialist just won the congressional seat in Pittsburgh. We have a pretty left-wing senatorial candidate, and you guys have, you know, Diane Feinstein and Diane Feinstein has choked out four generations of progressives <laughs> from like even attempting for that seat. It's and crazy. By the way, it's by crazy. the way, can we say that we're we're going to be covering milk uh, and talking yeah. all things? Oh, speaking of Feinstein, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I mean, that's the only reason. I mean, like, isn't it kind of disgusting that she is where she is because she happened to be the person to announce the assassination of Harvey Milk and the mayor? Like, and and that's also, why she is where she, she is. Was the mentor of the guy that killed fucking uh harvey milk like, he was the guy who Damn trained right. him to be on the fucking city council which is i know it's crazy because you're, I, I i've been i've been i i really hate her and in her recent like interview she talked about how he was she like spoke positively about him in a recent interview that, about the assassin his, uh, his biggest his biggest character flaw was he liked twinkies too much and, and, Let's put it this way. So I've lived in Wisconsin since 2017, uh, which is a whole separate conversation. But I grew up in California. I have never once voted for her. And I'm still amazed that progressives just, even with a top two, even with top two, still couldn't get it together. And I just, look, Katie Porter, run for Senate. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, yeah, this is, this, yeah. Uh, so anyway, I like I to talk like politics. Years old. Yeah, well, I'm a politics you know freak, so <laughs> save, save it for the after party. Everyone can 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 join on yeah, that. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, that'll be great. No, well, the, the problem is, we'll talk about that. You should have seen Vice, man. I was the one getting all animated. I was because I was like, anytime you yeah, yeah. This era, like it's like, oh Jesus Christ, I had a headache afterwards. Anyway. So those are uh, those are all your uh, my yeah, that's, that's, that's the stuff and you know yeah. uh, various other projects as I pick them up and forget to complete them. <laughs> One of those projects should be coming back in this show because I really enjoyed having you on. Oh, oh, thanks, thanks for thanks for having me. I yeah, appreciate well, we're definitely going to have you on bad takes in the future. We're, we'll yeah, and, and make sure hey. that uh, you know save that for your time. You know, hopefully uh, we can work it out again. <laughs> you know, and Kepler yeah, will be feeling better. Yeah, hopefully. Hope oh, yeah, it's like you don't actually have any of your plugs in it. And it's like 20, it's like a, it feels like 30 minute long bit, too. But you don't I, I know, know, I never plug my stuff. Because you're still giving, Andy. That's yes, awesome. yes. You're still giving. Oh, that's a shame. 
All right, well, on to the after party. (laughs) (laughs) On to final thoughts, anyway. Can Um, I go first? See, Mike gets the show. Mike gets the show. He he caught on fast. Um, (laughs) But, uh, yeah, Christina, since you picked it, let's hear your final thoughts. I don't even remember what movie we're talking about. So Exactly. This is the problem with this episode. So, we talked about The Suicide Squad, probably the greatest... DCEU film ever. I'm I'm sorry, Justice League suck. I'm sorry, Snyderverse sucks. Suck it. Anyway, this film is phenomenal. I love everything about it. Casting, directing, the tone, the music, just everything. They really knew how to do a nitty-gritty black comedy action super villain-ish, superhero-ish film with characters that are relatable, characters that are funny, characters that have heart and soul. I really do like uh, the idea of expanding the Suicide Squad verse with with like the Peacemaker uh, TV series on HBO. Really great show, and I was as shocked as anyone about that. Love it! That Um, show was amazing. I do. I do hope that maybe they can, maybe James Gunn can redeem some characters from the first Suicide Squad movie, like. Deadshot, perhaps. Like, yeah. What's Will Smith up to? Slapping people? Yeah. Yeah. But he's gonna come back as a different character, dead slap. When it when it comes to when it comes to rating this film, uh, that's good. That's good. I give it eleven out of ten javelins. Are you sure you can joke about the most serious event to ever happen when they someone got slapped at the Oscars? I mean, that's very serious shit. Yeah, our comedians are under attack. Okay? <laughs> Artists are under attack. Comedians can't even make jokes anymore. Jimmy George was afraid to leave his house. Mm-hmm. I I mm-hmm. hope. I, yeah, <laughs> I mean, between the Amber Heard Johnny Depp trial and the slap, I mean, are we living in the in history or what? I love it. It really is. It really is. They say the next ones will be dropped by an Amber Heard. It really makes you feel like you're. I've I've to replace her as Mir, and I think I could do a pretty damn good job at it. I'll actually have chemistry with Jason Momoa. There you go. So Hollywood, take note. But uh, but Mike, you got some final thoughts on this? Uh, I think that we desperately need more films like this in American culture, you know, uh, and hopefully one will be brave enough to to take the position that American forces are the baddies outright. Uh, even those even the foot soldiers, you know, uh, that would be that would be fun to see. And uh, I really enjoyed the film for a lot of things, a lot of aspects, most importantly, like having some interesting visuals, interesting visuals. Yeah somewhat daring plot we need more films like this and and hopefully we get them because uh american culture you know uh, top gun maverick sucked i'm sorry uh and uh so i was really i'm really glad to see this and and hopefully like with james gunn you know with these type of films with this type of uh um of content i'm always interested in seeing how like people actually manage to incorporate it into their own personal fandoms like are people going to be uh cosplaying as the generals as the nazi doctor like how is this going to uh uh, enter popular culture how are people going to like incorporate it into their consumption habits and uh that's what's always funny to me about content like this like are people going to be uh you know pretending to be the nazi guy probably if they're out of morbius costumes 
<laughs> yeah, the Morbius costumes, yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, that's another cultural touchstone that we're all going to remember when we saw it the first time. We're definitely going to remember it next week, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I think, like, jumping off of the original point, though, um, I, I like... I like kind of the bleakness of realizing at the end of it that like nobody's going to know anything about this because they're not taking this to the press. Like, so the only story that comes out is like Cordo Maltese has free and fair elections for the first time. Like, <laughs> and then it seems like it's some kind of like, you know, uh, PR, PR coup for America at that point. Like, and oh, you see you know, Blood like shooting Starro and they're like, and you know, which the, his daughter gets to have that like moment, well, which is that's you know, my not dad. Americans well, were that's, there. To what what I find Starro. interesting. Yeah, I, yeah. Just, I just had a thought that I should have expressed during the show. But what, what I find interesting is like the underlying plot of like how they have this dictator family that gets overturned by a military coup that's anti-American, but not popularly supported. And right. it's like, has this ever happened? Like, is that is that actually reality? Like, they wanted to be able to shoot like these, you know, Latin American uh, uh, soldiers uh, and kind of just turn them into cannon fodder. But the idea that there would be an anti-American military that was also, you know, replaced a dictator that was pro-American doesn't really, like, square. Like, how does that even work? Well, this uh, is every- the DC universe where Koran, uh, Koran, I believe is the name of the country, uh, is, is very powerful in the Middle mm-hmm. East. So they were able mm-hmm. to fund the, 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 those uh, guerrillas. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and so, like, you know, uh, because in reality, like, when when this type of stuff happens, like in Portugal, they had a fascist government for the longest time that had left wing military officers overturn it. And the moment they started to, like, attack the dictatorship, they were immediately joined on the streets by the people. It's called the Carnation Revolution. And so the idea that you'd have that distinction, I always found that I found that really interesting in the film. Like they wanted to make these guys anti-American but also at the same time have that truthful statement about how these dictatorships are always supported by the U S uh, and, and so I don't know it, it that's the well, type of also stuff I love the about door the open. They also kind of leave the door open with the whole flag thing where he's like, I'm a, I'm a soldier. I didn't get in here to serve my country. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> or, pu- like I didn't want to be its puppet. Yeah. So like it, it does kind of leave the door You're a special forces for... guy. Of course you did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I don't know. I, I think that those are small things. I, I really do hope that this kind of movie uh, expands further. And and I think that, you know, at, at a time when I Amer- so Americans are more uneducated about their own system of, you know, uh, government and their own system of like, uh, like even to the point where we kind of like we don't a lot of people don't even admit that this is like an empire you know what i mean like well actually so, it's the i mean americans violently rebel against learning about yeah. their own country that's what the whole anti-crt thing is it's like i demand to remain in ignorance because i don't want to know you know i demand that you don't teach my children about the way the world really is because we're living in this kind of blissful ignorance and if you try to teach people about what we're doing as an empire and how damaging it is to the world and ourselves, they violently rebel against that. Uh, the, you know, the very idea of learning the truth is something that is like dangerous. And that is a really powerful strain in American politics, which hopefully this movie could play a small part in like undermining. Yeah, I definitely, uh, definitely agree. Uh, Conan. Look, I said it before. I think this film is top shelf malevolent fun. Uh, there's a lot of grim slogs out there, a lot of joyless toil in the movie world. And uh, this manages to be both smart and just kind of relentlessly madcap. 
you know, the, the humor is pitch black. The social commentary, as we've talked about, is surprisingly cogent, uh, albeit like maybe like on the on the lighter side. I said gateway drug and I stand by it, which I think is hilarious. Uh, and again, once again, all praise to Margot Robbie for basically through the course of a few movies for transforming a also ran second stringer into a particularly compelling and iconic career highlight for a good actress. I don't think everything lands plot wise in this, but it doesn't matter. It's so yeah. gleefully just propulsive in everything it does that it's hard not to acknowledge that it's just it's a fun film and a good great time with the movies. And it's surprisingly subversive which is an overutilized term because of that and because of how it's made. And yeah, I hope that like we get more movies like this, you know, I, I would, I would be more into like dangerous kind of like crazy stuff. Again, like we've mentioned the Taika Matata, uh, Thor's and stuff like that. Great, make them actual films. It can you can make a comedy in, film. He's in this as the, her he is as the, yeah, we, we, and we mentioned that earlier as yeah, Ratcatcher one. Right. Uh, but here, here's a here's a fun fact. I don't know how fun it is. Um, as much as I'm a big comics guy, I've never been a big DC guy. So honestly, I don't even know most of the characters. But I lo I loved all of them, even the ones that got murked, like you know, <laughs> like Saving Private Ryan style, right? As like the boat landed, and uh, you know, th that's something to be said. That even like even the Michael Rooker character, who establishes a total cock in the first scene. Like yeah, at the time you're you're like, oh man, like oh he's he's come on man, pay attention to the column, you're gonna get your head blown up. You know, like it's it's amazing to pull off those kinds of things and to show rather than tell. I'm so sick of movies telling me how to feel and not bothering to show it and showing something garishly stupid instead. So this is the right kind of stupid. And it's a lot of fun. And I think this is a great movie. And I'm super glad that we covered it. Is this the first superhero movie that we've covered? I think it might be, yeah. right? Yeah. Yes. And, as, as I mentioned, no it's a super movie villain right. movie. It's yeah, not a superhero welcome. movie. So the first well, to come. Yeah. Is next. There, there you go. I mean, <laughs> and I, I appreciate. I am never going to watch the multiverse of madness. <laughs> there you will. I, I appreciate Christina's steadfast determination to a steadfast determination to to put to push this forward. And I'm as you know, I backed it all the way. And I'm glad to be vindicated because this is a good film. And I'm it, it's better than as any I'd say it's better than any right to be, but it has a right to be great. And it, it's I'm I'm stoked on it. So glad we covered it. All right. Uh Andy, names are just letters. Let's uh let's hear the final <laughs> thoughts and yes. then we'll jump to uh Conan's music video and then TDK. Yeah. It stands for me. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> the detachable kid. What the fuck? That's amazing. The detachable kid. And then just the arms just going out there. <laughs> yeah, it's, just, it's so you. That's what a, you. That's where you really again are shown the fact that like these aren't just like the B list. These are like the C list of like villains and stuff. James Gunn yeah, called right. them the, the Z list. He's like, yeah, these, are -list. these are Z list villains. I love yeah, it. Which, uh, Cause you, you know, see the arms just like slapping people. And you're like, what is, why is this guy in a <laughs> firefight? Like, like, ah! <laughs> like you didn't uh, give him a gun? Like, <laughs> he's like Jesus Christ. He's slapping people. <laughs> I mean, fun fact about uh, about that. Um, Gerald Jones, the creator of uh, uh, Arm Fall Off Boy, which is the original name, um, was not Amazing. credited. It was actually student. worse. Amazing. <laughs> That's a better <laughs> name. What do you mean? <laughs> Love that name. Um, but but the, uh, the the reason why they left his name off this movie, which was not covered in the press like it should be, is Gerald Jones is in prison for pedophilia. So, oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Which, so you're saying the character was created by no one. 
he he, yeah. he wrote one of exactly. the best books on uh comic book history too uh which pisses me off because i freaking love the book and he's a detestable human being uh that sucks uh yeah absolutely well so, you know, uh, and on that note, good show, everybody. <laughs> wow. But I do want to say this is this is this is what comic book movies should be: ignoring the pedophiles, um, <laughs> telling, <laughs> telling a visually interesting story that it's actually a good movie, and, and taking it from one medium, which is a comic book, and then transforming it to fit for another medium, which is a feature film. And, and uh, you know. Um, Fuck the Zack Snyder fans, because just because you capture every single moment in the comic book just right or whatever um, and still fucking it up like he always does, um, it, it, it actually, it, you know, it gets it gets the 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 um, the essence boiled down to it. But but, uh, you know, sent out to the world as uh, the medium that that you're watching. There you go. Boris, take it away. All right. Well, this is Conan's new music video, and then we'll be off and we'll be to the after party. So I'll put the after party link uh, in, in the chat, too. But um, this is Conan's uh, Dark Passengers uh, music video. And then, you know, we'll, we'll see you in the after party. This is very weird for me, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs>